Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes knows the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Ephraimites and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. And you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call. 618-262-2810 and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Decker. We're going to name this Our Ways Are Not God's Ways. Our Ways Are Not God's Ways. And I'm going to uh, uh, first take you into the Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter, and then we're going to look at the difference between Christianity and God's Word. And that's, uh, that's going to be what we're going to verse this tonight, I, uh, this afternoon. I hope we can get all of this in. If not, we'll carry it on in our Wednesday service. Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter. 
And it shall come to pass, when all these things are come upon thee, the blessing and the curse which I have set before thee, and thou shalt call them to mine mind among all the nations, whether the Lord thy God hath driven thee. Now, notice this is God talking about the future. And he's talked about in the 28th verse, especially, chapter especially, about what he will do if, in fact, we, his children, will keep his commandments or his law or his divine instruction, as the Bible teaches us that it's called. And, and then he also tells us in that same chapter what's going to happen if we don't. Now, of course, we, as Christians, somehow through all the time that has, has elapsed, some almost 2,000 years now, we have been undecided as to where the Word of God began and where the Word of God ended as for our keeping it even in the society or the world that we live in today. And that's what we're doing here tonight, is we're going to try to differentiate anyway between what God did then and if in fact God's doing it now and why did God change it if He did. Now, if you are a student of God's Word and if you spent time out from under the Bible into the history of the things of Israel, you will find out that there was a great separation that took place between the Jews and Christianity. That Rome did not in any way, shape, or form want Christianity and Judaism to be one. Now, as we have explained to you many times, over the last six months anyway, to get you to realize that Jesus is, was, and is, and always will be a Jew that Paul and Peter was Jews, and in fact all of these people calling themselves Christians, as we see in the New Testament or past what Jesus wrote in the first four Gospels, we find that they kept wholly the law. And that's exactly what Jesus himself kept, kept the entirety of the law. Now my question for numbers and numbers of years to theologians has been, when did we or were we told to stop keeping the law? And of course that's when we always blamed on Paul and said, well, Paul, well, that is we, if you've been with us, and most of you here have been, we have decidedly found out that Paul was for the law. Paul wasn't against the law. Paul was for the law. Now, and that's the only real case that we'd have to come against what, what, the, uh, what the, the Lord God was doing even here in the Old Testament. You see, the Old Testament bringing us uh, shadows of types of things to come, and that's really what a lot of the Old Testament presented to us, we mistaken as we came into Christianity, and we reverse that. Now, why wouldn't you reverse something that's going to kill you, right? It would have been pretty simple to, to decided to have drawn a line in the sand during those days and said, well, let's see, if I'm going to be a Christian, then I best not keep Judaism because if I do, they're going to kill me. So you keep your Sabbath on Saturday, we'll make ours on Sunday. Okay? You have a, you have a Passover, we'll have an Easter. Okay? And that's, that's sort of jokingly, but that's the way that it came. So what is going on here is God is trying now to get Israel to understand. He's trying to get them to realize, as, as this is being given here by the prophet, is trying to get them to understand that as they have been driven, as God has driven them among the nations. He said, to mine among all the nations, whether the Lord thy God hath driven thee. Well, they hadn't been driven among all the nations at that time and shall return to the Lord thy God, I'm in the second verse, and shall obey his voice according to all that I command thee this day, thou and thy children, with all thine heart and with all thy soul. Now it says, and shall return. So he knew there was going to be a returning. There was going to be a departure, and there was going to be a returning. And then he says, and shall obey his voice according to all that I command thee this day. He said, what I'm putting down this day, what I put down this day, he said, you will leave. You will be driven to the four corners of this earth. Now, we have discussed and gone over the ten lost tribes of Israel, understanding that they're from the loin of uh, as the northern kingdom, of that of which was Ephraim. And bless God that, that they are now the last to return because Judah has now returned. And God said, I will cause Judah or draw Judah first back, and then I will bring back Ephraim, and I'll bring the two sticks together, and they shall be one forevermore. And what God is now doing here is He's setting things up and He's saying, look, there's going to be, but He said they will come back and they're going to obey My voice according to what I said today. So He's setting a precedent. He said, what I have done today is what is going to be way down the road in the future, even to the end. All right? Now listen as He goes on in the third verse. That then the Lord thy God will turn thy captivity 
and have compassion upon thee, and will return and gather thee from all the nations where the Lord thy God has scattered thee. If any of thine be driven out unto the uttermost parts of heaven, from thence will the Lord thy God gather thee, and from thence will he fetch thee. Now, how is he going to fetch thee? Send you a telegram? See, this is, this is where all this is at today. This is where this is all at today. This is, this is, this is what's going on today. God is fetching Ephraim. And some of Ephraim doesn't even know it. Most of Ephraim doesn't know it today. But they will know it because God is fetching them. How is God fetching them? Now listen closely to me. God is fetching them, speaking to their hearts. That is the way God does and has done most things throughout all the generations. He has spoken to the heart of man, meaning man and woman. So God is fetching now Ephraim. He has fetched Judah, and he's fetching now Ephraim, and he's doing it by people's hearts. He is speaking to their hearts. And you know, I said before that, bless God, that if you were of that, then, then bless God, you, would, you wouldn't have a problem, and you'd be able by heart to be able to recognize or to identify yourself with that. And if you can't, then all I can say is that you probably need to, need to seek out God the best you can in however way that you need to seek Him out. Because God is doing what God is going to do. You can't, you can't keep God from doing what He's about to do. It doesn't matter whether you agree or you don't agree. We have gone through generations of people that have disagreed with God. Did it change God's Word? Did God write a new Bible? Did God decide to distribute it in a new way? Well, some of us have thought so because some of us have written new Bibles and tried to convince each other that this wasn't for today and that wasn't for today. But I'm telling you, and if you'll listen closely this afternoon, you'll begin to realize that what God was doing here, even in this 30th chapter of the book of Deuteronomy, He was doing perpetually throughout the generations. Now, it goes on to say, um, Thy fifth verse, And the Lord thy God will bring thee into the land which, his father, which thy fathers possessed, and thou shalt possess it, and he will do thee good and multiply thee above thy father. In other words, it's going to be better than they had then or they, that they were about to have. And the Lord thy God will circumcise thy heart and the heart of thy seed. Now, understand who that is. That's the descendants. To love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, uh, that thou mayest live. Now, do you think that now and right now that we've got the entirety of the people that serve God that love the Lord thy God with all their heart and with all their soul? Not hardly. We have still got people that seemingly do not understand what God means by His Word. Everything that God has said, He set by His Word. Everything that God has done, He has done by His Word. His Word is not going to change. Man has changed. Society has changed. But God has never changed. And, that, and the reason God hasn't changed is because if God had changed, then it would have confused man. You understand what I'm saying? If God's Word would have changed, then He would have confused all of mankind. So God left His Word the same and let mankind just get confused. And that's really what happened to us. We just got confused, didn't we? Like I said, we got confused over some restraint, and uh, and you you know there again, if somebody was going to shoot you, you pretty well say, I don't want to, I don't want nothing to do with uh, with Sabbath. I don't want nothing to do with keeping the festivals. And the Lord thy God will put the uh, put all these curses upon thine enemies and on them that hate thee, which persecute thee. And thou shalt return and obey the voice of the Lord and do all do all His commandments which I command thee this day. Now understand the returning and doing all the commandments. Understand that. Because that's what God is saying. He said, I'm going to drive you away. And we know that the ten tribes that are called the ten lost tribes of Israel, the northern kingdom, was driven away and that they are not known of where they're at by the way that they look at their skin, by the tongue that they speak. They don't, they know not who they are. Well, only God can find them and, and because God's never lost them, all right? I shouldn't say He can find them. When God decides He wants them back, He's going to do it simply by what I said. I think that when I did the thing on Ephraim, as I begin to say, you, you can hear in the Spirit, if you'll put your ear to it, God saying, Ephraim, Ephraim, come home, Ephraim. And Ephraim is going to come back unto the Lord God. But it is something that's going to happen in the supernatural realm, a realm that's far, far 
so for past the man's mind or mankind's mind or thinking abilities, the soulish realm, that most of mankind is going to have a difficult time with it because they're going to call it stupidity. They're going to call it, uh, they're going to call it heresy. They're going to call it a lot of things. Okay? But what he's saying here is he's setting it up. And, and the Lord, in thy verse, and the, and the Lord thy God will make thee plenteous in, in every work of thine hand, in the fruit of thy body, in the fruit of the cattle, in the fruit of thy land, for good. For the Lord again rejoice over thee for good, as he rejoiced over thy fathers. If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes which are written in this book of the law. Now, where is it written at? In the Torah, the book of the law. And if thou turn unto the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, for this commandment which I command thee this day, it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. Well, it seemed like it was hidden. Amen? You remember the scripture that tells, says that in the last days that men, that people will run to and fro looking, 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 but not being able to find? Look at all the things that mankind is running to that, that they're trying to find and to call religion in one way or another. But here, here he's saying is, he said, it's not, he said, it's not far off, it's not been hidden. He said, it's not in heaven that thou shouldest say, who shall go up who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it? He said, it's not there. It's not in heaven. It's not been hidden. Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldest say, Who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it? He said, it's none of those places. Now listen to what he's saying. 14th verse, But the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest do it. Why is he saying? Because he has already explained that it is there. It's the Torah. It's the law. It's the divine presence of God put himself within that those scriptures or those words that mankind may be able to follow after it and be blessed. See, God is interested, interested in blessing us. That's what God is interested in doing. He is interested in us being blessed. He's interested in taking us on. And again, as I said Wednesday night, some of you have misunderstood when I said being blessed. It's not, it's not dollars and cents. Bless God, it means being blessed with everything that you do. It, it means bless God that your family being healthy. And, 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 and bless God things working out the job and things being right here and things being right there. That's what the blessings of God are about. They're not dollars and cents. So don't, don't misunderstand that you think you got plenty of money. Well, I don't need any more blessings. Any man that doesn't think they need to have any more blessings has got a problem. Because either they need to be up here and I need to be out there, or they need to, you know, they need to redo some thinking of some sort. 15. See, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil. Now, that, now, now, this is neat because what God is saying, I have set before you. Now, remember again, God gives us choices. And the choices that we have to make are going to determine whether or not we are going on deeper with God or we're going to stay where we're at or we're going to do even worse begin to back up. In that I commanded thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in His ways and to keep His commandments and His statutes and His judgments that thou mayest live and multiply and the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whether thou goest to possess it. Now, what did Jesus say? Yeshua. He said, if you love me, keep what? My commandments. What are His commandments? The Torah. He said, The Father and I are what? One. He said, I am not greater than my Father. He said, It's the Father that tells me what to do, and I do it. So He was taking all of His orders from the Father. Now, what is the Father doing here? He is giving orders. He is giving orders. Now, listen as He goes on. He says... But if thine heart turn away, so that thou wilt not hear, but be, shall be drawn away, and worship other gods, and serve them, I denounce unto you this day, that ye shall utterly perish, and that ye shall not prolong your days upon the land, whether thou passest over Jordan to go to possess it. I have called, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both thou and thy seed may live, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and that thou mayest obey his voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life. Who is thy life? 
Who is thy life? The Lord God. Who is the Lord God? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. He said that thou mayest dwellest in the land, and, and, and the length of the day of thy days, and thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swore unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. Now, this was put down so that they could have a reminder. And, and with Moses over here, Moses began to go on and, and exhort them even further. But the main idea is to realize that the thing that God kept saying is, if you will serve me, and if you will serve me, then you will keep my law. You'll keep my commandments. Now, there has been a difference. Let's go to Isaiah 56 while I'm saying this. There has been a great difference in the way the church is today as compared to what we would call the church then. A big difference. been changes. But have all the changes been for good? Isaiah 55, I'm sorry, I said 56. Isaiah 55, the eighth verse. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. So evidently, God's ways and our ways are different ways. Amen. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So what the Lord is trying to get us to realize is that as a matter of fact, we don't know what He knows. That's what it amounts to. That we don't know what He knows. God knows some things. God happens to know what's coming to the face of this earth. God happens to know what He is going to need to do to prepare a people to receive Him before He comes and when He comes. God knows that. You don't know that. I don't know that. They don't know that. But God knows that. And God is trying to prepare us, and God is trying to bring us, and God is trying to reveal to us Himself even in these last days. Now, as I said, we're going to take a comparison, and, and if you will, probably you need to make a, a, uh, a uh, on a paper, draw a line down the center of the page and put Christianity on one side and put God's Holy Word on the other side. Christianity and God's Holy Word. We're going to start out with Christianity calls Sunday as being a, day, a holy day. Sunday as a holy day. The Scriptures tell us that the Sabbath is the holy day. Now that is in Exodus 20. Turn with me in Exodus 20. Exodus 20 and the 8th verse. The 8th verse. It says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shall thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy maidservant, nor thy manservant, I'm sorry, thy maidservant, nor the cattle, nor a stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, or them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. And when God hallowed something, He made it holy. He made the seventh day, which is today, He made it holy. Now, the, the, the thing is, is who's right? Who's right? We keep Sundays, and we've kept Sundays for how many? This organization has kept Sunday for, what, 15, 16 years whatever it's been, and all of a sudden now we quit keeping Sundays. Why are we quit keeping Sundays? Because the Scripture says that Sabbath, that the seventh day is the holy day. Saturday is the holy day. Now, we did that, and of course, and I've gone back and talked somewhat about American history, and we did that here in the United States because we did want to have a Sabbath of our own. Because after all, you know, we had rebelled and become a nation of our own, so we just, you know, we rebel against God and we'd have our own Sabbath. And we did, and it impressed God to such an extent that it's such a mess today that even the Christians don't keep it holy. Okay? So you see that it was the, the involvement and the way it's all happened, God's ideas are always perpetual. Is His Sabbath still holy? Just as holy as it was when we here in the United States decided we'd make Sunday the holy day. And for those of you that have been keeping Sabbath, and, 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 and let me say something about all this again. Uh, some of you are probably going to have, it's going to take some time for this all to soak in. 
But realize something that, that you can't have your life to be a mess and decide to keep Sabbath and then everything's going to work out. That's not what this is about. This is about if you're living a justifiable life toward God and have been, you're going to see some difference keeping Sabbath. If not, it's probably going to be a lot of difference going to happen for you. So you see, it's all, it, 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 again, it's something that happens from this area to go to that area to go to another area, and that's the way God does things. The next thing that we're going to look at is that we always thought that Christmas was what Jesus was all about. Okay? And we thought that Christmas was Jesus' birthday, and that's what we were told. I want you to turn to Luke, the first chapter, and the fifth verse. And there was in the days of Herod the king of Judah a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abiah, and his wife was the daughter of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Now, these people, these people were righteous people, all right? They were righteous people. And what they did was they began, because John the Baptist was the forerunner, and we began to, and I think we talked about with the, he was born during the time of Passover. And now again, that's Jewish history. And by bringing him forth when he came forth, knowing, and you begin to calculate, and you can, and we're not going to do that today because I don't want to take the time to do that, but you can calculate from John the Baptist when, when Mary, or Miriam, is her real name, went to visit Elizabeth, and you can begin to find out where she was at in her pregnancy and when Jesus was born, then you can run up and find out it's during what they called during, in the, in the Hebrew, uh, it's Sukkoth. It was a time in which Jesus was actually born. Now, we thought that, that Easter is Jesus' resurrection and Jesus rose on the Sabbath during Pesach. You see what I'm saying? What I'm trying to do is to get you to realize that what we have done in Christianity, we have taken a lot of this stuff and somehow added our own whatever to it. Jesus absolutely was not resurrected on Easter. Jesus was resurrected during, during Pesach or, or Passover uh, and it was on the Sabbath that it was having, and that's in Mark 16, 9, if you want to look that up. In fact, we can better just do that. 16, 9. Now when it was risen early, now when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. Now all you gotta do is calculate that, and you can find out very quickly that he, when he rose. Now, Pentecost comes 50 days after Easter. Now, th now, this is what Christianity says, all right? But Pentecost actually comes 50 days after Pesach, after Passover. Again, do you understand the difference in the words that have been used? We've used Easter, and it has always been in the Bible, it's been Pesach. And that's Leviticus 23, 9 through 21. And we're not going to go through all that, but you can write that down, and you can go back and go through that. Leviticus 23, 9 through 21. Now, the Christians say, again, rest on Sundays, and the Scripture says that we're to rest on Sabbath or Shabbat. That can be found in Exodus 16, 23, and Exodus 31, 15. Rest on Sunday is what we think in Christian, for Christianity, but it's telling us to rest on Sabbath, which is Saturday. The Christianity side says eat anything you want to eat. The Bible says in Leviticus, the 11th chapter, we are to eat kosher food. Now, we think that all we got to do is pray over it, and it makes it just fine. But the fact of it is, that's what the difference is. Again, I, I realize that a lot of what we have done is taken a lot of what Paul said, and we have taken what Paul had said and decided we could eat anything. And we could do any, and again, Paul kept the law, so Paul couldn't have been saying that. If Paul thought he was saying that, then Paul was wrong. Again, I think you go back to the same thing that my, my Jewish friend said that if you're going to believe somebody, try to believe in Jesus and not worry too much about Paul if they're going to try to contradict each other. In other words, you're going to have to choose who you're going to believe to simply believe Jesus. But Jesus said to keep my, keep, if you keep the commandments, if you love me. Now, in the next one is, Christianity says to pray any, pray all the time. Is what Christianity says. Now the, the, the scriptures say pray at the appointed times. Now this one's going to may fool you if I got this right. Let's see if I did. Ephesians the sixth chapter. 
Because you think, well, you find that back over in the, you know, the good old, the good old, the good old Old Testament, which, let me see if I've got 618. I think it's, we find that, pray always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit means that you're praying as to in appointed times. Now, again, don't misunderstand. It doesn't mean, we, well, I just pray at those times that are appointed times. Well, we're talking about appointed times such as the new moon, the full moon, appointed times, times when, again, we're going to teach you about those things, but there are times in which most of us as Christians have never even heard that we should pray during those times. That The greatest visitations that the prophets ever had was during the times in which there were appointed times in which they prayed and fasted. And we're going to get into that, but that's going to be down the road just a piece. Um, so hopefully we can bring some understanding a little further to it before we get there. Now, the next one is, is um, uh, Christianity says, well, you can light a fire anytime you want to. You want to. Uh, the Scripture says, no kindling of flames on the Sabbath. That's Exodus 35.3. You can buy and sell anytime, Christianity says. Here again, Scripture says no buying and selling on the Sabbath, Nehemiah 13. <clears throat> Christianity says you live in your homes all year round. Now, now listen to this one. The Scripture says live in temporary dwellings during Sukkot. You're saying, oh, no. Leviticus 23, 39 through 43. You're saying, what were we going to do then? Well, that's going to be a good time called the Festival of Booths, okay? There's another name for that. And uh, some of you may want to participate, some of you may not want to participate. The thing with participation within it is trying to get you and I to realize that we got it awful good compared to what they had. Now, it says here that men wear any clothes that they want to wear, so says Christianity. Men wear talents or talits, Numbers 15, 37 through 41. Christians call all the days holy. Now, this is one of the things I remember being taught. Well, all of our days are holy. We don't have to just pick any one of any, okay? But as a matter of fact, the Bible calls, or the Scripture calls, the Sabbath day holy, which is Exodus 31, 14. You celebrate the resurrection of, of, of the Lord Jesus, Yeshua. Christianity says it's done on Easter. And bless God, the Scripture says it's Nisan, on the Hebrew calendar, Nisan, or Nisan, the 17th. And you talk to that, that, and I think that's Matthew 12, 40. Christianity says you keep whatever laws that you want to. The Scripture says you keep all four, 613 commandments. Deuteronomy 5, 29. Christianity tells you that the law is a burden. And the law, and the Bible or the Scripture says that the law is a delight. Now, I hope again, I, let me, let me look here. There'd be no sense of me telling you if I didn't actually put this down right or get it down. Uh, the difference again is why did we take the easy road? Well, I'm going to tell you something. Humans always take the easy road. It's, e it's easier to take the easy low. Now, that's in, that, I, yeah, I got that right. 722 of Romans. Was Paul that contradictory within himself? He was. I'm going to tell you, he was a loose preacher that nobody should have followed. I mean, you can't be, you can't be keeping the law on one side and out here and telling everybody not to keep it on the other side. And to have made the Bible, he made the Bible, you know, I mean, but making it, I mean, he got put in the Bible. Few people got put in the Bible because they were worthy to be an example to the whole world. And Paul was an example to the world. And do you think him being that example to the world was worth, you know, having him in there if he contradicted everything that he really believed? No, not hardly. So what I would say is that you get out of your head this thing that Paul was uh, against, against the law. Again, you go back, you go over to what Peter said, and you'll find out that Peter was telling us what... Some, and you know, I never... I have... I've read that. I can't tell you how many times that I've read what Peter had to say and never realized what he was saying when he said, you've got to be careful with this guy Paul. He is so learned because you know he's a, he's a Pharisee and he speaks way up here and the unlearned 
are going to mistake what he's trying to say. We have had a lot of unlearned people, haven't we? Shake your head. We've all been very unlearned. Because Paul was so far above our heads that what we were, we were running around here trying to, trying to approach this thing from some, and I'm not sure what angle we were even trying to approach that from, to be honest with you, but we were. Uh, Christianity says the day starts at midnight. Of course, we found out by scripture it starts at sundown. Genesis 1-5. Isn't that neat? That's just the way it goes, isn't it? I wonder who started that. I don't know who started it. We believe in Christianity that the New Year starts on January the 1st. They don't believe that at all. It starts on either uh, Taishari 1, Nisan 1, or Shabbat 15, depending on the lunar calendar and how it, how it comes about and how it evolves. Now, Christianity says that you can eat leavened bread all the year around. The Scripture says that you eat Mazda, which is unleavened bread, at Pesach or at Passover. That's, for, that's Exodus 12, 18 through 20. Must start on the Gregorian calendar. Must start by the new moon, according to the Scriptures. And Numbers at 28, 14. The Christians say that the stars are for the pagans, and we've all heard that if we're Christians. The, the, the scriptures say that stars are for signs in Genesis 1.14. Christianity says circumcise your male child any time. The scriptures tell you that you're to circumcise the male child on the eighth day, Leviticus 12.3. Christianity uses a solar calendar. The Scriptures tells us to use a lunar calendar, Deuteronomy 16.1. Jesus or Paul abolished the law, so we're told in Christianity. The Scriptures tells us Yeshua and Paul kept the law, Matthew 5.17. Christianity says do communion whenever And in the and in the scriptures we are to do communion on Pesach or Passover Exodus twelve eighteen. Christianity, we have learnt that we are to obey the Pope. Scripture tells us to obey God. Christianity tells us not to care about the moon. The scripture tells us to celebrate the new moons. First Samuel twenty eighteen. Christianity says you only need to be baptized once. Scriptures tells us that you are to go to the mikvah, the baptismal pool regularly. Leviticus 15.8. Now, that's not saying you're baptized, okay? But they, in other words, but, but this, and we'll, we'll talk about the, the mikvah. Uh, somebody asked me, are we going to have a mikvah here? Well, probably yes, in time. Married folks, uh, uh, Christianity thinks that married folks can have sex anytime. Scripture says sex only when permitted and clean. Leviticus 18, 19. Lord's Supper would not, would not feed a mouse, so says Christianity. Lord's Passover Supper was a feast for men. Exodus 12, 17. Christianity says you're to thank God for food before eating. The Holy Scripture says to bless God before eating, thank God after eating. Deuteronomy 8.10 Christianity says you must dedicate your children to God. The Scripture says circumcise the male children. Genesis 17.12 the, 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 the Christians say that they're, you're to name your children at birth. The Scripture tells us that name their children on the eighth day. Luke 1.59-64 we name the children on the eighth day. Christianity tells us, uh, well, this will come kind of a playback. I must have wrote this down twice. You can have leaven in the house all year. Of course, we know we can't have leaven in the house during Pesach or Passover, Exodus twelve nineteen. 
Christianity does not know about the about the, the shofar horn. The scripture tells us to blow the shofar at the appointed times. Have Leviticus twenty three twenty four and Psalms eighty one three. Christianity says that they have no appointed times. Scriptures say they have Sabbaths and festivals for appointed times. Christianity says sleep on the Feast of Trumpets. Scripture says keep alert, watching, awake on Rosh Hashanah. Uh, we're to say to worship on Sunday as Christians. The Scripture tells us it's on Sabbath, Exodus 28 through 11. We're told the New Testament is the, is the, is the foundational gift to the church. And the Scripture tells us that the Torah is the foundational gift to mankind. We're told that Jesus and Paul started a new religion in Christianity, and Jesus and Paul explained the current religion, Acts 17:11. Paul abolished the law, so as Christianity says, and we see Paul keeping the law. That's Acts 24:14. Uh, turn there for a second, and let me see if I, yeah. Now, here's, this is a good example. Listen to what Paul said. But this I confess unto thee, that after the way which they call heresy, so worship I the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets. Does anybody not understand that? Okay? Believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets. So, in other words, Paul said what? He believed what? He believed all things that was written in the law and in the prophets. Boy, that made it easy, didn't it? I wish I'd have found that a few weeks ago, actually. I wanted to stop there and point that out. Christianity says we can look and act like the world. Now, that's not really what Christianity believes, but that's what Christianity says. Because, again, we don't want to be so different than them out there that our kids, you know, get made fun of and we get made fun of. And thank God that I look around the room here to be sure that I can say this, and I can. Everyone in this room, you you come past that part. You came past that part whenever you came under the ministry, whenever you came under this ministry. But because we have gone now into Judaism, I'll guarantee you passed that part. You're, you, you, there's no way for you to look different. I mean, not to look different than that world out there. Uh, you're, you are going to look different. You are different. God made us different. And God intends for us to act different and be different by the way that we look, by the way that we act. And so often uh, that, you know, and of course what, what the, uh, the Bible says that we're to live a sanctified life. Numbers 15, 37 through 40. Now, do not know when Jesus was born. Know when you, uh, Yeshua was born. I put that down twice too, so. Now, in, in, in going through this, in going through this, I want you now to go back with me into the book of Deuteronomy. Of course, we, we have covered, it's not like we've been shy through the years. I, I've always ministered uh, through the line, these lines or these verses in, in Deuteronomy. Now, in the 28th chapter, now that, we have, now that we have came to some type of a scriptural evidence anyway, that the law is to be kept. God's words, or God's words, it, it, you know, uh, I, th- I think for me the biggest thing was the Ten Commandments. And I, I just, over and over in my head, could not understand if we had ten of them, why did we only keep nine? And if Christianity believed in the Ten Commandments, why did we not keep the ten? And then we got, then we blamed Paul again. Well, Paul's going to have to get some apology when we get there because Paul's been blamed, you know, but this was Paul's fault. But you know what God tells us? That we're not to be that way. That It's all upon each of our own shoulders individually as to what we believe. So you can't blame this thing on Paul. That's the reason you better look into it. Don't just take my word for it or somebody else's word for it. But listen what that 28th chapter, the first verse, and it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth. Now, for years and years and years, and I'll minister it the same way tonight, the key is the first to observe. You have to know that it's there. You've got to find it. Observe it. Then you're going to have to do 
a little of it at a time. No, you're going to have to do all of it. The problem of it is that you're going to do a little of it at a time until it keeps gaining up to where you've got a big enough or substantially enough of it done that, that it's going to begin to work for you. Now, now you see, and I, I talk about these things, I talk about these things, but you see, if you're not going to receive the blessings of God, then what are you going to receive? The curses. See, I believe, brothers and sisters, that that's the reason some of us are sick today. I have had a problem for years and years and years and years and years and years and seen multitudes of people through those years miraculously healed and delivered in the name of Yeshua, the name of Jesus. As to why are Christians sick? Well, that got quiet, didn't it? Have you ever been sick? Yes, I've been sick. Why have Christians been sick? If we got the power of God through the Holy Ghost, the authority and the power of His name, the name of Yeshua, the name of Jesus, then why are we sick? Why, why is this going on? Well, brothers and sisters, my, the problem you got with somebody like me is I'm a realist. I believe that black is black and white is white and you can't make it purple. I believe that you either are delivered or you're not delivered. You either are healed or you're not healed. I don't believe there's anything in between those things. Never have believed that. But the absolute fact of it is there are more Christians, Holy Ghost-filled, tongue-speaking Christians that are sick, down and out and depressed and got all kind of problems and than anybody on the face of this earth or as much as. And that's the truth. And it's time that we quit lying to ourselves that the boat is somewhere out in the harbor and it won't be long till it'll be landing and everything will be fine. The boat sunk in the harbor. So with all that said, then we have to come to grips with the fact that somewhere we have missed God. Somewhere, we in all that Christianity represents has missed God. And that's tough. I'm going to tell you that's tough. In fact, that's tough enough that it will absolutely make the best Christians shriek within themselves. But the truth's the truth. There's no sense painting over this thing, and there's no sense lying about this thing any longer. We're going to have to find out where we miss God. Now, what is going on here is that we're told by God Himself, in accordance to His law, He says that if you will observe and to do all, He said, I'll raise you up. Hmm? He said, and these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Now, now you say, well, I don't need any more blessings. Well, you better listen to this. If you don't get the blessings, you're going to get the curses. Hey, you got to have one or the other. You you can't have. You, well, I just won't take the blessings. Well, if you don't take the blessings, you're going to get the curses. Now listen. Blessed shall thou be in the city, and blessed shall thou be in the field, no matter where you're at. Blessed shall thou be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of the ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, and the increase of thy kin, the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall thy basket and thy store. Blessed shall thou be when thou comest in. Blessed shall thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. The Lord shall command the blessing, command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in thy, as thy settest thy hand and all that thou settest thy hand unto. And he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Sounds to me like we're talking about blessings. And when he's talking that eighth verse, he's talking about health, he's talking about everything within that. The Lord shall establish thee a holy people unto himself as he has sworn unto thee. If thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways, and all the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the, by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods, and the fruit of the body, and the fruit of the cattle, and the fruit of the, fruit of the ground, and the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give thee. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure the heaven to give the rain into the land and the season, and to bless all the work of thy hand, and thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail, and thou shalt be above only, and, and shall not be beneath. If thou shalt hearken unto the commandment of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them, meaning more than one. He said, that's what's going to happen. He said, 
if you'll observe and do them. He said that in the first verse. Now he said it in the 13th verse. The 14th verse says, and thou, shalt, and thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command thee this day. To the right hand or to the left, to go after other gods to serve him. Now listen, I want to go back and, and, and take in the first part of that, that verse. And thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command thee this day. Now what was one of the words that God commanded in, in Exodus uh, uh, 20, the 8th verse? He said, I howled or made the Sabbath holy. We're to keep it. Now, we're not to go aside from any of it. When you start going aside from God's Word, you begin to open yourself up. And then you understand what 15 says. But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all His commandments. Now, there it is again. If you're not going to do all of them. What have we done so far in Christianity? We have done a part of. We have done a part of, and that's what we have done. The, the fact of it is that if we will learn, if we will learn, then we can observe. And if we observe and we do all of his commandments and his statutes, which are commanded this day, that all these curses should come upon them and overtake them. Now, what he was saying, I said, if you do, he said, if you don't do these things, all of these curses are going to come upon you. Now, I'm not going to go through these curses, but I would like to see you do that sometime during this next week or before Wednesday night. And then you're going to begin to realize that that's the reason we're sick all the time. That's the reason that we're sick all the time. Because we haven't done all of what God said. In fact, we haven't even done enough of what God said to spit on. And then when you start ministering along the lines that we should wear, 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 wear talits or talits and we should keep the Sabbath and, and bless God we should keep the festivals, then you get these people going... I want to stay sick. I like this sick business. That's what they're saying. That's what they're saying. <laughs> I don't know. Some of these illustrations, I just... I have to live with those things, you know. I, we're not stupid people. I don't believe we're stupid people at all. In fact, I, I believe we have the mind of Christ. I believe God has given us the mind. I believe that things have been confused, but I'm going to tell you where confusion comes from. It never comes from God. Confusion comes from the pits of hell. Satan has come and stolen from us. And he's mixed us up and confused us. Why? Because I'm going to tell you something. The, the problem with most Americans when it comes to the Bible, we read a little bit and then we know it all. We read, you know, I used to always say, most, most Holy Ghost-filled Christians, I'll get in a minute, know just enough to be dangerous to themselves and anybody who will listen to them. Because they prejudge and they pre-have knowledge of everything. And if you don't think so, they'll tell you God told them. Now, that's supposed to convince us, you know. And when it gets right down to it, then just, well, now God told me. Oh, well, then if God told you, you've got to be right. Huh? So, so what we did and, and, and where we have, where we have fallen short is that if we would have just taken the first oracles of God's Word, if we would just begin to believe, you know, you know, I, I have always tried to say that I believe from the front to the back, even through the maps, that I believe they were God-inspired, given to us by God. And I believe that, brothers and sisters. And now I believe that God is now opening that up to us. And I believe God is now uh, giving that to us so that we can begin in a way that we have never, ever, ever even begin to believe that we could see the things that God is now unloading on the church and going to bring us forth. He's going to bring us forth. This is God's promise here. My, my, you know, you know the only, you know the only thing I've got a problem with? I can't learn it all soon enough. See, that's all. See, that's only. Why do you think there's such great, uh, great excitement in this, in this, uh, in this congregation of people right now? Because we are learning, and we are learning, and we're going to go back and learn then into what we think we have already learned, and we're going to learn some more. But the fact of it is, it's all there now. It has opened up an entirely new, uh, entirely new area to us of beginning to understand that yes, we are Christians. We were first called Christians, by the way, in Antioch. But it did not mean that when we were first called Christians in Antioch, that then all of a sudden that we quit Judaism. 
That's not what that scripture says. It just simply says, and they were first called Christians in Antioch. Again, it did not say that when they were called Christians in Antioch, then they no longer kept Sabbath, and they no longer kept the feasts, and they no longer kept God's law, nor did they observe it any longer. It doesn't say that. But to show you how confusing Christianity has been to all of us throughout, throughout the years, we did try not to murder each other, didn't we? Hmm? We tried not to steal. We, you know, well, well, yes, that's the Christian way to be. But when you bring up the Sabbath, ah! you're trying to be like the seven day Adventist. Huh? That's who you're trying to be like. You're trying to be like them and you, you're going to get yourself in trouble now. Because now you slipped over the line. Well, honey, I slipped over the line a long time ago. And I don't intend on coming back until I get to heaven, alright? Because revelation knowledge, I'm going to tell you something about revelation knowledge before we close tonight. Revelation knowledge is something that has to come by the Spirit of God unto somebody's spirit man. It is not something that's written down. It may be in the book, but it has got to come by God enlightening or God stirring the spirit of man in order to open up that scripture and let that scripture read like God wants it to read. Do you realize that this is the only book in the world that can be done that way? You ever read War and Peace? You read it once you've read it. If you can get through it, you've read it. And you can go back and it'll still say the same thing to you next year that it said this year. And not many people dumb enough to go back to read it next year. This book here I've carried around for 20-some years, and I keep reading it, and, it, and dear God in heaven, it keeps reading different! I never heard Jesus say, I'm not sent but unto the lost sheep of, of, of Israel. I never heard him say that, but it was there all the time. Some of us, if you go back, never, never understood that we were, there was a time in the church when we didn't understand that we were to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, the Rahakal dish. Didn't know that that was separate from, uh, I got that when I was saved. We didn't know that. But all of a sudden we picked up the Bible and all of a sudden we realized that, hey, there was a day called Pentecost! Well, that was just what they named it because that just happened to be the day when, when the Holy Spirit came from heaven to earth. And they called it Pentecost. No, the bless God that that's when things happen. And I'll keep saying this over and over and over and over and over and over to you. When God does something, He does it on His appointed days. That's the reason He appointed them. Remember when I told you about them going down to the pool of Bethesda and, and, and the angel trouble in the water and getting in? That wasn't every day. It was just during that appointed time of the year or times of the year during the festival in which that water would be troubled. You see, they knew something we didn't know. Now, folks, I'm going to tell you something. They still know something we don't know. But they're going to loosen up. When I say they, I'm talking about, the, I'm talking about Judaism. is going to loosen up and begin to tell us some things. Now, it's going to hurt them. But we're good people. They're going to get over it, all right? And we're going to share with them what we know. Hey, thank you again so much. That's Prophet Tom Deckard, Mount Carmel, Illinois, Cradle of Hope Ministries. Again, you can get more information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. Get out there, do yourself a favor, find out what's going on here, and you won't be disappointed. So again, you can also get more, all the tape series is out there on the website for you to get a hold of. I greatly encourage you to get all that. You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com, and Prophet Tom Deckard and his wife Donna We'll be praying for your prayer request, and that's cradle at jewishprophet.com. Shalom. Until next week, remember, with God, all things are possible. Shemalah, 